What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. Welcome to season two of the podcast. I've elected to start a brand new season because two things. Firstly, I'd like to bring the content more about the dude component, more about the aspect of fixing and finding the inner self. Because a lot of the podcast we've focused on so far has been on the upgrades because these are just so powerful because once you have upgraded or improved an area of your life, the results are evident straight away. But it's not until you clear all of the rubbish and deal with the stuff underneath that you can really start to make long-term massive gains. Beyond that, I'm also returning from somewhat of a sabbatical break. To give you one of those rare personal updates, I've been teaching at colleges and universities, as well as helping in excess of 50 people face-to-face every single week. There's been countless speaking events, looking after this podcast, starting a brand new podcast, supporting dozens of people in their businesses, while working on health and fitness, including martial arts, which I got another degree on my black belt. I've been immersing myself in the arts, including fine arts as well as musical arts, spending time with family, reading countless books, and just enjoying life. But as far as clearing away all of the rubbish so that you've got that state, that natural you that's powerful and resourceful, the component that we call the dude aspect in this system, to get to that place means that we have to get rid of all of that rubbish. But it's not going to be as hard as you think, because if you think about it, our bodies are totally created for homeostasis. Just like when you cut yourself and the clotting cascade kicks in to stop you from bleeding to death, your mind also has the resources that it needs in order to recover from any stress, trauma, or whatever is hurting your mental state right now. And that's really what this is all about. Just hacking the neurology. I've seen people teach systems that are just so artificial that nothing really works. They create these artificial solutions for these natural problems and the two are just not compatible. I think it's only once you deeply study the human mind, the neurology, how it all works, then we can create effective solutions that are both short-term, long-term and long-lasting. And one of the artificial stress management techniques that we're taught about all the time is that worries aren't important. So subsequently, we're meant to ignore them. Now, while I agree that worrying about something is an absolute waste of time, ignoring it is absolutely detrimental. Here's a case in point. I had a person and he was a very successful businessman. He did really, really well, but his psychological world was just breaking down. On the outside, he was a picture of success, but not just in regards to his lifestyle, his business, but also he had that winning, charismatic personality. And he had trained himself to be this way. And as part of the training that he self-imposed, he also had a mandate not to worry about anything. 
But that is kind of like holding that beach ball underneath the water. It takes a lot of energy to hold it down, which means that you're actually suppressing it. You can be as stoic as you like, but until you address these concerns, these worries, then they're just going to keep coming up in some form or another. So the first step that we'll focus on today is that of recognizing when this happens to you, when you've been suppressing things and now they're coming up in your face. And that is in the form of triggers. Recently, triggering has a bad rep because it's put into the pop culture, political spheres, and so much more. And each time that it's belittled or overused, then it becomes something that is harder for us to utilize effectively in the psychological realm. That being said, a trigger is essentially what it sounds like, just something that triggers off an emotion. Just like the gun has a trigger mechanism which releases the projectile, we also have triggers which release different emotions, different feelings, different thoughts. And as we've looked at in season one, many of these can be utilized for positive things. We've already used some of the neurological hacks, such as anchoring, where we use the mind's natural ability in order to trigger a positive state. But at the flip side of that is if you have a negative trigger, which triggers a negative state. And what's worse than that, it can trigger a negative state at any time if it comes from the unconscious mind. And when it comes from the unconscious mind, it's incredibly challenging because the first thing that happens is you have a feeling. Now, feelings are fleeting. Perhaps there was a time when you felt really good for no reason. Similarly, sometimes you feel really bad for no reason, but that doesn't happen for no reason at all. It's your mind, your unconscious mind that's processing something. We've all been there when something really wonderful is going to happen. Maybe next week you've got this holiday that you've been planning your entire life. You will feel good for no reason on countless occasions during the week leading up to it. And then you have those times when you feel that life is not quite right. And it's really frustrating. You can't actually put your finger on it. It's not like you've got a pending interview that you're really stressed about or that you've had something tragic happen in your life. Everything seems like it's pretty much normal, but you feel pretty rubbish at the same time. This is referred to in psychology as endogenous, endogenous depression, endogenous anxiety. These are when things are good on the outside, but on the inside, things are really hectic. So now I've got a question for you. If somebody has this happening, what is the cause? Before you answer that, think about this. How can psychological talk therapies such as CBT actually cure people from this condition? The conclusion that I reach from this is that there must be something going on that caused the problem in the first place. So in many cases, it would appear things like endogenous depression is actually a fallacy because to fix something with talk therapy infers that you must have talked your way there in the first place. And whether that was catastrophizing, negatively redefining situations and events, or any number of thought crimes can give you that outcome. So probably the most helpful thing that you could do to help you with the trigger event is to find out when you feel this way. Some people are luckier than others in that they can identify their triggers quite easily. The trigger may be tied to a certain person, a certain 
experience at a certain location. And if it helps, you can write it down in a journal. Those who are going to have a harder time with this are going to be going about their business and there's nothing on the outside that's triggering them. Now, this is really difficult. So the solution to this is again in journaling and noticing when these things come up and then noticing if there's nothing on the external that's causing these events, what's happening on the internal? What were the thoughts that were proceeding or leading up to the event? Now, it must be said that there is a time and a place for all things, and there is a definitely a time to focus on these concerns, these worries, these problems, so that you can unpack them in a way that they won't trigger you in the future. And similarly, it's very important that when you are taking note of when this trigger happens, you're not automatically associating why the trigger happens unless if you're free to do so. So if you're at work and you feel like, oh, I got triggered, simply make a brief physical or mental note and then we move on to step two, which is distraction. So while we've covered some of the things that cause you to be triggered, we haven't unpacked what to do with it. But we do know, as I said, there's a time and a place for all things. And if you unpack what's triggering you in the moment, it tells your unconscious mind that the trigger is in control. By distracting yourself, it allows you not to be overwhelmed by the trigger, by the problem, by the anxiety, whatever it is, and allow you to focus on the moment. That trains you at an unconscious level that you are in control. Combined with the fact that later we're actually going to take care of the root cause, you can then go ahead about your business and not be overwhelmed by these feelings of negativity. So you've been triggered, you've taken note of whatever it is, and now you're about to distract yourself. And the question is, how do I distract myself? Everyone's a little bit different. So if you can think for yourself what's happened in your past where you've been able to distract yourself, by all means, utilize that. But if you're standing at base camp, ground zero, and you're like, where do I go from here? The power of presence is probably all that you need. And that's just to get into the moment or in uptime, as they call it in NLP. And a classic way is by utilizing the five senses. Again, all we're doing is hacking the natural neurology of our nervous system. And so we utilize the five senses. Once we think about five things that we can see, it goes to the visual cortex and it takes our attention. Once we think about four things that we can feel, again, the brain processes it. Three things we can hear. One or two things you can smell or taste. And eventually, your mind gets overcome with the conscious mind focusing on things that are not related to anything that's negative, that's related to being just in the moment, to the right now moment. When you get to this place, it is incredibly powerful because it's like standing on the outside for the first time. With clarity, you can judge what's happening, not be caught up in the moment, and straight away that adaptive distancing starts to pay dividends. In the scheme of things, the problem that you had wasn't that bad. Maybe you've got a traffic fine and you're saving up money and it really frustrates you. Then you think about it. In terms of your paycheck over weeks, months, and years, it's incredibly insignificant. 
And is it bad enough that it can upset you for days, weeks, or sometimes even months? Of course not. Now, a lot of people stop here and they feel better about themselves and then they go on with life, which I highly recommend. But a time and a place for everything, a season for everything. At some point, minimally, you have to revisit the event, unpack it, and try and work through it so it doesn't pop its head up at some other point in the future. Now, you might be listening to this and think, hey, I've done something like that before. Maybe I did get a a fine and it really frustrated me. I got out of my headspace. I realized it wasn't a big deal. Life went on and I never paid it any attention. So why do I have to focus on this event again in the future? There's a few things I'd like to say about that. The first is that you probably got to that place by working out many problems in the past to get you to this place. So again, nothing unique. We're just utilizing our neurology and working on it consciously to get the best outcome. But beyond this, have you got a speeding fine or parking ticket or whatever it is stressing you? Has that happened again? If it has, was there anything you could have done to avoid it if you did give the attention that it needed? And if it hasn't, is it possible that it will happen again in the future because you've become so complacent about it? And finally, there's that build-up effect, the straw that breaks a camel's back. You can take so many problems, push them down, not worry about them, but sometimes they build up and then you just get absolutely stressed out. And we've all been there. You know that when you have a bad day, it's not because your boss yelled at you. It's not because something else happened. When you have a really bad day, it's because it's a compound effect. This happened, this happened, this happened, and the compound effect is extreme. It makes it feel like everything is negative. And while you're at your weakest, little things come up. Your boss yelled at you, you had a fight with your wife, and then you remember you had a parking ticket two weeks ago. Suddenly, it has that build-up effect. So in summary... Triggers are super important in healing you overall. We're working on this so that when we add the upgrades, it's way more effective. And when things are going well, things are amazing. And when things are not so good, you're also cool. You're not bogged down with baggages, chips on your shoulders, weights, all of this stuff that you can finally be free. And in order to do this, you observe the triggers You make a note, which we'll look at later, and then you try and distract yourself through one of the processes that we've discussed this episode. So that's your homework for now, and I'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.